think years. Every stress has happened in the past three years at well, all. Well, I had a kid, and then I had another kid. Yeah, I had two kids actually. Two kids. Two, you kids. Have two kids now. I have three kids. That doesn't make sense. No, that can't be right. So you have one the, kid, and then the, you have two kids. The math's off on that. <laughs> then you have three kids. I had kid, then I had two As more, so I have kids that are. Oh three. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had the boy, Joe, JJ, baby Joe, Joe's, Joe's. So I don't know. I mean, we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. I gave you kind of the outline. Let's just like talk. Yeah. And then it should be good. You and I have talked. We have great conversation. That's a good time. So there's times where I'm like, man, we should have recorded that. That was good. (laughs) So that's the idea is to have a conversation, record it, and then people can listen to the recording. It's as if they've had the conversation. That's That's the idea. So we want it to be as conversational as possible. We achieve that by having a conversation, you know, like let's have fun. It's for people who like each other i think yeah i think we're gonna have fun like we looked at kevin we we warmed up to kevin we hung out we have a good time so let's hang out and have a good time i hit record a long time ago too by the way so hell yes i've said so many things i don't regret at all are you sure absolutely not i don't remember what i had for (laughs) breakfast i have no idea what i've been saying what is your personality so that's actually a funny one some flag uh primarily for a long time everyone just assumed a hundred percent flag and perhaps this was true uh, because I didn't like talk or like do things. And then a lot of people thought uh, Mel a second for a long time, and now uh, consensus has has landed on uh, Flex Sanguine. So this is where oh, we uh, uh, currently reside. How is that possible? Well, it kind of ties into a lot of uh, my journey with becoming a Nola Lord and how my personality has changed over time. However, I, so I think a lot of that is because I was always very easy to get along with without saying very much. Because I didn't say very much. Not a lot of reason to draw any sort of conflict with someone if they don't say much, right? And then also just because I was very amicable in general with most people. I, I wasn't anyone's best friend, but I was many people's like second best friends. And so over time, I think I um, just sort of developed more of a outgoing personality that I think I always had. That was more present when I was really young. But then when I was in that awkward sort of teenager sullen phase, I receded into myself quite a bit. So everyone was just kind of like, he's Mel, probably, if he would say things. Uh, <laughs> well, just the fact that you're not saying anything. Right, kind of lends to that. I was a deep to... thinker, and I'm sitting there just kind of being like, I wonder what dinner is. You know, like... <laughs> it's like the monkey with the symbols. Yeah, like, yeah, like, if there's a little thought bubble in my head, it's just kind of like, what if, like, the whole planet flooded again, but there wasn't a book? Like, That's a deep thought. That's a deep thought. Is it? <laughs> it's the opposite of monkey with the I symbols. Feel, I feel like it's uh, a little shallow. You're talking yeah. about a deep flood. Well, it was like a really shallow flood. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, that that kind of developed over time, I think, where uh, prevailing theory on who I was shifted okay. over time. Knowing you way back when, you know, the unanimous consensus might have been flag. I was a, one of your elusive super temperaments, right? Just one. Yeah, super flag. And then now you are pretty like your fun, outgoing, sort of gregarious almost. It's changed. That maybe changed or maybe it was always there. Yeah, I, I talked with my folks about that recently. Uh, I forget how it came up and they sort of talked about who I was as like a little kid was much more the outgoing type and it wasn't until middle school-ish that I kind of like puberty hit and then I was like decided that I was too cool to talk to Your people or whatever. Your body is changing. There's so, What's puberty? There, there's, uh, so it's when... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got we got Evan. Yeah. Evan, you're show. here. You're the star of the show today. Here I am. I'm here. I'm Joe. This is the only Evan podcast that I know of. <laughs> I've never been on a podcast. There you go. This is wow. You'll you'll always remember your yeah. first. So we got Evan. Evan. Got Joe. Joe. Who else we got? 
Kevin. Kevin. Kevin's Kevin here. Kevin's here. Oh, it's true. It's it's the couch of Evans. Kevin's yeah. here. Yeah. Fre- uh, extraordinary friend of friend the show. Of the show. Yeah. Super friend of the show, some yeah. would say. Yeah. Esteemed co-host. Mm-hmm. Loyal yeah. sidekick. Some would say. Unpaid intern. Unpaid, Unpaid intern. intern. And then last but not least, we have Ryan. Hey. Hey, Ryan. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the primary reason for inviting you is you have a background with Evan. But mm. you and I have a lot of history and background. And then you and Kevin have history and background. Yeah. So we're all like wow. friends. Look at that. Hands Look at us. Hands yeah. in the middle. Nobody's going to do it. And who would have thought this was coming? <laughs> who would have thought? Not me. Okay. And as always, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. What? That's what we're going with? I thought it was... Zip Recruiter? What's I've... Athletic Greens? They've sponsored like 12 podcasts. Are you kidding Untuck me? Untuck It. Untuck It shirts. That's a good one. Brought to you by Redemption Church. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Put that in. Dude, I got hit right outside that church. You got Actually, no, I uh, hit someone else right outside <laughs> that church. <laughs> yeah, all right. I feel like that's an important yeah. distinction. <laughs> Not admitting fault. Uh, a, yeah. a, a percussive incident. Well, Ohio's a non-fault state. Did you know that? For cars? I don't know what that means. So like it's always, not the car's fault if it crashes? So they'll always assign some percentage of uh, fault to yeah. both people. That's like an insurance thing, right? So yeah. they only pay out like a certain percent. You're an insurance man. You didn't know this? Not car insurance. Not car insurance? Not car insurance. No. Insurance adjuster. You're an adjuster. Yeah, okay, but it's so like renter's insurance. Um, yeah, so that doesn't really... I always forget that you and I work in insurance. Like both. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're a pet insurance. guy, right? So I are an insurance man. I Well, I don't I don't touch the insurance. You see. It's not something that you can really touch. Well, yeah, like, there's, there's a CRM How do you hold insurance, you know? I, I go and fondle the server. Go back into the insurance room and really get in there with the insurance. <laughs> this insurance doesn't look so good. When's the last time anybody's been back here? got a checkup on this insurance, man. <laughs> so where did you grow up? We're not going to pray? You big time with me on my own podcast? I'm not trying to do Podcast about Ryan now. <laughs> Jeez, I have such a, a, a unexpected faux pas. You don't want to invite the Lord into this situation, Joe. Wait, are you big time? No, it's a. It was a good suggestion. Let's do it. Sure, uh, Lord. I, th- I think this is going to be uh, pretty sweet. I-, I thank you so much for all these guys being involved uh, in my life in many different ways. This is like a really cool thing. I'm glad that Joe and I got to hang out and talk about doing this, and that you decided to do it. And so I don't. Know, I just pray for a sweet time. If there's like something valuable for someone out there to listen to this, I, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit can be popping in here and just sort of leading us all to pull that out for them or for each other or whoever and ultimately i just pray that it can be an encouraging time so it's just crazy to see um how you've changed from all of us in the past 17 16 years we've known each other it's just crazy thinking about yeah evan you're so quiet so hard (laughs) yeah and now then you got married that was wild this big gap of time from high school to then it was just so cool to see like all these cool dudes like surrounding you and you invested so much in them. It was just really cool to see that. And now you have a family starting soon. It's just like wild. I want to know what happened in those gaps and see what God's been doing. And hopefully we can all be edified by that. Amen. Amen. Welcome to this Joe show and part one of a two-part episode. Evan was born and raised in the church. He believed in God, but it took help for him to see he needed to stop playing the game and connect with Jesus relationally.
Holy Spirit was convicting me in the moment. Ryan covered everything. Here's all the evidence, right? I have all this evidence for believing in God. Well, here's all the evidence that you don't actually have a relationship with God. So, so, yeah, I've been telling people, you that's what you want to know, right? Yeah. I think that that's sort of the point of the podcast, too. Like, if I'm trying to remember why I did it, the first reason why I did it was I needed to help Kevin find a wife. Yay. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. We needed to put Kevin out there. Here's where I was going with this. Like, at the baptisms, you hear everybody's testimony, and that's those are awesome. But after that, you never know what happens. Yeah. So if you've had an experience with somebody like you did, Ryan, where you were sort of part of that story, and we're going to talk about that with Evan... You know that part of the story, but you don't know what happened after that. Yeah. I think it is really cool when people do these kind of things because you just find out, like, what the heck God's doing in our fellowship. Yeah. Now that it's to the point where, you know, like, we have you know, different spheres of yeah. home churches and stuff yeah. like that. So that's the primary reason is, okay, you know, maybe some people haven't heard your testimony, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But also, we want to know what's going on now. Yeah. And the big thing that's going on now... Drum roll is that uh, I'm going to be a dad. So that's pretty Whoa. crazy. Woo! Yeah. Uh, July 30th is the due date. and uh, Sagittarius, I, I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. No. <laughs> no it's right no, on the border it? of Virgo, uh, Cancer, and Leo. Dude, I hope uh, my kid's a Cancer. Yeah. I don't know the dates exactly, but I'm I'm July 10th, so I know I'm Cancer, and my dad's August 1st, so he's Leo. So I'm guessing it's Leo if it was Leo. That's pretty cool. That's a cool one. Who's a Leo? Leo? My it's dad. That's like a lion. Josie? Oh, I know some other ones. August 10th is Andrew Schuess and Brian Kelly. Okay. And Dar McCallum. So I'm assuming they're... For any listeners out there, um, this is all total bullshit, and none of that is true. Well, it's true that that's true. It has no effect on anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just know my horoscope sign. I'm just saying that I think uh, cancer's funny because uh, it's a big old weird crab. Your baby's a year of the rat baby. You're the rat. It could be a big crab, or it could be the 69. I've never understood That's pretty funny. (laughs) We were talking about... You've started a family. Congratulations. You're on yeah. your way to starting a family. Yeah, we're locked in. <laughs> You're locked in now. now. There's no going back. No going back. So was this an intentional start? Like yes. You guys were like, let's go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I was actually pretty gung-ho about like a couple years or so, and then have a kid. Uh, or start trying to have a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Lindsay was a bit more like, you know, eh, let's wait a bit longer. And then it ended up being three, three and a half it's going to be four. Hell yeah. It's going to be four years. Okay. So three and a half years. So it ended up being a little bit more than uh, than planned. But At what point did you both decide now's the time and why? Ooh. Well, well it was kind of one of those things where we weren't not trying for the year preceding. Like, we went off birth control and all that kind of thing. Uh, like, you got to figure out, like, the cycles or whatever. Like, yeah. It'll kind of if it happened, it would be like, all right, well, we're trying okay. anyways. And then, you know, it wasn't, like, a concerted effort until, like... Because some people are like, this oh, we're summer. trying now. No, it wasn't, that wasn't until, like, this summertime. We're kind of, like, summer. not... That's your secret, is you didn't hold the bat too tight. Didn't hold the bat too tight. Yeah, it was kind of like... Uh, That's a good sports reference for all the listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, kind of, like, loosey-goosey with it in a way. You're going to let the listeners know when there's a good sports reference yeah. okay that was a good farming reference yeah so yeah I, I think it's kind of fascinating now that you now that i think about it, it wasn't like this is like a, a trend throughout my life it wasn't some sort of romanticism to it 
I wouldn't say. It was just kind of like, I mean, we're not trying to not have a kid. We definitely want those. So uh, let's just wait and see if it happens. And it didn't for a while. And there was like some figuring out to do, you know, in terms of like figuring out our sex lives and things like that. You know, you get married and uh, luckily, you know, for our fellowship, we like, talk pl- plenty about that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, like, yeah, like you're going to, it's not going to be all like fireworks and everything works out, you know. I won't go get on the details, but like Lindsay had to like, you know, like go see the doctors and stuff like that for some things and whatnot. So... It's kind of like there were some barriers, right, that had to be figured out over time, which we did. Nice. How long did it take then to... Like a month. A month? Like a month. Yeah, it was like when we were finally like, all right, let's actually try like during like the ovulation period. It was like, okay. Just like one night. And then just <laughs> boom. Baby. Yeah, we, we had it easy, I guess. Nothing you have control over, right? Not really. Not really. You have a little... I mean, you... I mean, we were trying for, like, eight years to have a kid. I think, like, the average or whatever, I, like, Googled this randomly with, like... Because, like, you don't want weird stuff when you, like, turn on safe search. Like, how many times do you have to have sex to, like, make a baby? It's, like, 160 times or something like that. On average. Like, 20 years (laughs) worth. (laughs) No, we were were the same way. We... When we were, like, let's have a baby, and we was, like, pregnant... Like, I thought this was supposed to take. I mean, Lindsay like came into the bedroom and, and like with a pregnancy test, and she was like, um, and I was like, no, was like absolutely no, Bam. no way. Bam, pregnant. She's like, I think I'm pregnant. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I've had the exact opposite experience, and it yeah. just is what it is. I remember you know? your guys' struggle. Yeah, I mean, we, for eight years, were trying, didn't think we'd be able to get pregnant. We were trying to adopt. T- yeah, the adoption. And thing. then, like, when it happened, I'm like, that can't be right. Like, is something wrong and with the test? And now you have two more. Then, and then, then you went back to back, though. Then we went back to back, yeah. So, congratulations. That's awesome. That's really cool that awesome. it happened. Yep. So, you're going to have a kid. You don't know right now whether you're going to have a boy or a girl. No idea. You don't know... If you're having a boy or a girl, you're going to find out. Oh, yeah, we're going to find like. out. Yeah, we're not doing the week. What do you hope that you'll have? So, thought about that, too. Uh, I understand boys, so it would be simpler to have a boy. Okay. Uh, I can see that. Sure. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan, here. Wait, go ahead and weigh in. Buddy, you're here. Dude, yeah. I've seen everybody that had boys, and I'm like, see my girls just like, hey, can I have this, this? They're still like that. The boys just fucking everything up all the time. It's just like, oh my god, I'm so glad I don't have boys. But I understand them because <laughs> I, I grew up with uh, three other. Yeah, I guess you did. Actually, you you had I'm the you youngest had, though. You're the so youngest. That might be different. You're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah. So yeah, there's a pecking order. My experience, I think, is similar to what you're trying to articulate, Ryan. Like when I found out our first child that we're gonna have a girl, like I was kind of horrified at first. Okay. Because I just like I think girls are so they're delicate flowers yeah. right that i'm like oh it'd be so much easier to have a boy because a boy is like a tough you know we can throw the baseball around and rub dirt in sure. our wounds and stuff like that but having the girl is like it's so awesome she's so sweet yeah. and daddy i love you can you carry me to bed yeah. and boys are like jumping over couches and kicking each other in the face <laughs> Uh, yeah, we did all that kind of thing. So girl. I'm glad that we had. I mean, I'm glad that we had a we, girl uh, first yeah, with Mila. How many times have uh... she's awesome and Esme's really sweet. Esme's actually she's pretty rambunctious and wild. And then you know we had a boy and he's still figuring out how to get around. Uh, we we like 
so. routinely stripped naked in the backyard until we were like five, six. I remember that. <laughs> we had Bible study at your house, and you guys would run around in your like running, running around. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was you wearing it. You know, I don't think no, it was, it was you that ran around in your. I would have been like ten by then. But I think that yeah, was right. uh, who right. was it? Henry, maybe. Henry, definitely. So we, we did that actually because we had one of those little kiddie pools with a slide on it, and uh, naked butts make you slide way faster than stupid <laughs> swim trunks. Mom, <laughs> but yeah, but. It's way fa- way faster on the slides. So that's why we did it. But okay. uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, I I understand vaguely. Uh, you know, boy brains. That. So that's all to say that you're secretly hoping for. A I don't think hoping is the word for it because I actually think that, uh, and I won't go go into all the details as to why, but I almost wonder if raising a, a boy is harder now if it ever wasn't before. I mean, I think raising kids in general now it's harder is, is, in general. Is, it's a hard business. Yeah, that's what everyone I've ever talked to has said that it just gets harder and harder over time. You know, there's like, a bunch of stuff that things boys, we never had to deal with. Boys can get into, right? Yeah. Girls can get into those things too, but girls can be preyed upon. Yeah, it's true. And there's different different struggles for victimized. Each. So Absolutely. Just kind of like I'm just pumped to be a dad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like the thoughts I have are so vague. Like, how can I possibly have like a like a strongly formed opinion? I don't. You know, I just kind of like I'm gonna be a dad. It's gonna be sweet. You're going to have twins. Boy and a girl. Actually, no. We already checked. There's only oh, one okay. in there. <laughs> so what are some things that your parents, or maybe your dad specifically, did with you guys growing up that you're looking forward to do with your He child? taught me how to do everything that I didn't really appreciate until now. It was kind of... Uh, my dad's a pretty... Uh, he's not like a, an immediately warm person, I guess you'd say. Not unkind, certainly. Uh, he's very nice generous and all these sorts of things but it takes a little bit to warm up i guess you'd say once he gets to know people you know he's I mean, very he's very like genuine and very like have a beer with the boys i just want to agree with what you're saying about your dad your dad for a while we were on a leadership team with him together back when i was i think it's probably the first time i was ever on a leadership team yeah and really had no business being on one <laughs> and he definitely like the more you get to know him the more you appreciate like what it, just a genuinely nice caring and loving guy yeah. he is and so getting to see that like i got to relate with him so much about while doing stuff you know uh, i think it was uh like high school ministry something we always joked about where like for guys some of like the best ministry happened in car rides because you didn't have to look at each other saying emotional stuff the whole time an element of that principle i think was there when we were uh, when I was growing up with my dad you know not immediately warm but like obviously with me with us kids you know he was uh, much more so but being able to like work on cars together and like uh, work on the house together and like we did like rockets and stuff like that like solid solid fuel rockets and stuff like that tried to play baseball with me but I was like horrific to go he said he played softball growing up like he played softball he goes oh baseball baseball dude I sucked so bad I was so terrible I was giant bobblehead and I couldn't like I like orient I couldn't orient myself at all I was not an athlete uh, but he taught me how to fix stuff and we did a lot of that kind of thing together and uh, he would bring in my friends on that too uh, so I a lot of my friends most of them had either no dad or really bad dads and whether or not he realized it that was he kind of got to like be that element 
for them. Like, it was just, like, at my house, assumed, like, if you're hanging out overnight or whatever, my dad's gonna, like, Mr. Beach is gonna be like, oh, hey, like, I need help with splitting logs or whatever the heck. Like, someone to hold this thing while I bolt it onto a car or whatever. And he just teach us about that kind of stuff. I and mean, he did a lot of that, talked to me a lot about you know, who God was through that, you know, and sort of like brought in me and my friends on that too. Um, so kind of like being a home away from home for a lot of folks and stuff like that. Uh, is it fair to say your dad was your first discipler that Oh, yeah. Did? Yeah, easily in many ways. Oh, I always remember him having, it was like, always the same Bible too. I remember he always like had it around at his like desk or whatever. When I came in to chill or whatever it was, your dad was your cell, he was in your guys' cell group with, That's right. know, with all your friends that were there at the time. That's right. That was so long ago. Yeah, he was for a good amount of time. He was. So your dad's always been around. You've always been in this church also. No. Uh, no. So we were in Columbus, Cianos. And got in Columbus, and then my dad moved for work and a myriad of other reasons. The house that we bought was supposed to be like a temporary one, turned into a permanent one, yeah, because the economy slumped so hard. Or at least, well, for my dad, it did. But yeah, grew up kind of poor ish. Like, I had one car, that kind of thing, uh, initially, very early on, and then kind of figured our yeah. stuff out. Yeah, then. you're a Cuyahoga Falls kid, you're not a Stowe kid. Right? Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> not credit card rich like all you Stowe Billies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, we grew up, uh, I grew up primarily in the falls, moved up in 2000 from Columbus up to here, and we church hopped for barely a year, maybe not even, and then settled, uh, and then like Keith what a coincidence. was like in Macedonia, up here. and then, yeah. Like, so at some point, somebody figured out that there's like a Zenos. There's a McCallum, and, okay. and it was like, like he was, he was my parents' CT teacher in Columbus for the time that he was teaching CTs down there. Really wild, uh, small world kind of so thing. So then once they found that out, they're like, okay, we're gonna go here. yeah we're gonna go here i remember like them always asking us after a couple of times going to the, each church like what did you guys think about that like they were very concerned with like our engagement with it like they could kind of figure out for themselves like where the church stood you know spiritually thematically theologically and you know relationally things like that where they yeah, where the church stood but your dad's very analytical so like, he was able to figure out all that but like they were very interested in like, like hey what are our kids experiences like the parents are going to give like their lip service about how cool the xyz program is but like what is our kids experiences when we found keith it was like ah well i mean this has got to work out and then we were like amped about it we loved it you loved it yeah oh like, yeah how so you would have been about how old when all this seven was seven so you're seven you love going to church yeah i, lo- I loved having uh friends and being around folks quite a bit was it more because of the hanging out with your friends or it was always presented so like Ryan just said analytically to me who God was and, and obviously the relational aspect too, but because of who my dad was, it was like very rational to like believe in a creator, a higher power and uh, what his characteristics were, you know, based on what scripture said and the evidence there and for to be a God. These things all made sense to me. I kind of didn't think about it a whole lot. If I were to identify, it's kind of like, this is existence. This is how things are bound together. And uh, I like being with friends. (laughs) Would that have been at the warehouse in 2001? Yeah. Macedonia. I remember one of our earliest meetings was the one where the uh, the now returned Schuess is happy out of that story. But I remember like one of our earliest meetings, I remember like playing, running around with people. And it was like them and some other folks leaving not seeing them and a bunch of the guys i like some of the other uh, families that i was you know, getting pretty close with i remember this one kid tommy i think his name was that and actually th- so that was something that my dad sort of ended up teaching me without maybe realizing it or maybe he did but basically like we were 
and, and I'm looking forward to this for having kids where it's just kind of like an excuse to like, like there's a, such a good leverage to reach out to people like having kids. And I saw that my family do that constantly. Mm. Like we were just like these vessels for outreach a lot of the time when it came to socializing. Well, no, it's, it's no, that, I think like looking back on that, it's like good. Like the, um, Burkas. I remember exactly. I'll get to that. But I remember when we're like driving on the way there and being kind of like, oh, I know things aren't good. Tommy is not cell group anymore. And we went there. I remember my dad like reasoning over and over and over like, hey, like this is a bad idea. I don't think you should go out and like not be around, you you know, your your guys. You know, I think it wouldn't be good for your family, all these kind of things. So I remember because like we would pray for them on the way up and the way back and stuff like that. We went out there a couple times just trying to like... um, relate and reason with them and also so I could see my friend um, which I'm sure was the anchor behind it but you know things didn't go the way we were hoping with that but and I don't really know I hope that things went well for their family I hope that Tommy ended up becoming a believer and that kind of thing I remember seeing that where it was like okay yeah my dad's kind of got this cool exterior but he's like he knows what's important my dad would um he like went out to Maryland once and like scooped my uncle out of like a terrible miserable life and was like come back to come come to Columbus come to Ohio like there's a church like you should follow the Lord so he was like known for doing that kind of thing and that's something that I like took into my walk uh, eventually <laughs> yeah <laughs> took a long way too long pretty soon after we started coming around uh, that's where Leon came into the scene I think I was seven maybe eight when you started discipling me Were you I remember, I remember you me? asking me I remember in the backyard you asking me if if I would like that to like spend time together and learn more about the Bible yeah that would have been like 2003. So how old were you yeah. in 2003? Like eight or nine. Jesus, 2003. You Four. I thought you were my age. Okay, never mind. Everyone thinks I'm like 40 years old. I thought you were we much older. talked about my, this. My dad you're is perpetually a... 80, so I was raised by an 80-year-old Steve, at six. Steve is an old soul, and Evan has that same quality about him where you're like, yeah. you're a 40-year-old dude like I am. And I mean this in a good way. No, I know. I, I've lived with it my whole life. What's People... good about being 40? I mean, like you're... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you'll know when you get there. I, I routinely have like these moments with folks in other home churches that are like, oh yeah, you were born in like the 80s. And I'm like, dog, I'm younger than you. And they're like, oh. <laughs> routinely, dude, routinely. So it's hilarious. Ryan asked you to ask to disciple you in like 2003. Would you say that you had accepted Christ at that point? No. Absolutely not. Got it. Okay. No, that was something that, like I was saying, it was something that I really thought about. Like, I understood it. There was good uh, rational understanding of why I believed it. It wasn't like some kind of like, I believe it because mom and dad say so. It's like, they were very much so interested in us thinking for ourselves. So at this point, before Ryan asked to disciple you, you didn't necessarily have any specific objections with it. You just hadn't put it. It's like, this is what we do. Enough thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're like eight then you're not that's what i always think with like people who say i accepted christ at four years old i'm like what i think you makes no sense this is an interesting conversation i think you can yeah but i think you have you would have to go back and make that decision again as as a choosing reasoning adult right or maybe like a 14 year old yeah, that's what I yeah, mean teenager. by adult. Like, I mean, once you develop that teen. ability to really like, okay, I'm gonna go in this direction. Yeah, I'm gonna make a choice. You'd have to. Yeah, go, my my go mom accepted Christ when she was like eight, nine, thereabouts. Like Bella, she clearly can repeat the gospel yeah. and stuff. But a lot of that's like my worry is 
She knows she enough. She knows. To she say knows. It. She, she had the meat. This is the this is the conversation later. I think is very yeah. interesting, and yeah. this is why I think Evan, you have a good testimony because you were raised in a Christian home. You, yeah. You know what to say. You've heard it all. The right answer. Right. You know the right answers. You can play the game, and Bella too. Mila is the same way. She knows if you asked her, she could repeat it back to you. So it's almost like, obviously, the, the huge advantage is to be raised in a Christian home, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But there are some advantages to not, because you've never heard this before. So when I heard, first heard the gospel, like we went to Catholic church growing up. Yeah. So it's like not like a good home, but not a Christian home. I first heard the gospel. I was like, this can't be right because I've never heard this before. News. Yeah. Yeah. But to grow up with it, you're like, well, this is, yeah, I heard this before. Yeah, to take right. it for granted. You take there, it for granted. There, there is like a, um, the grounding in it, growing up in it is huge. Uh, there's a lot of protection in growing up. Right. And this sort of environment with, with family that, uh, you know, united under Christ, you know, parents. There's a humongous advantage of that and, and uh, one not to be sniffed at, right? Yeah. But also the there is like a, a huge gratitude that definitely seems more prevalent in a person who grew up without the gospel being present in their lives. And so it does come down to that question oftentimes, how do you navigate a kid? When kids are smart, they like wow. they know stuff that like well they're stupid, but they're like <laughs> Sorry, so, I should, I should, they're naive, right? They're they're not. No, ain't no wisdom in a, in a kid usually, but uh, they're they're like smart in the sense that they like they're yeah, smart. Yeah, like yeah. Bella and and Mila are very smart. You know, they know what to yeah. say. And what was that? What was it like asking me that? So that was like a month after I started coming around. That's right. You were like, <laughs> really? you were like a brand, baby Christian. No idea what I was doing. Greg had like called me on my teletech flip phone. Nice. <laughs> hey, you want to do this thing with these kids? I was like, okay. <laughs> they must have really trusted you after only one month to say, "Do you want to do this?" I thing think with these that kids? was more. Oh my God, it was more. It was a different time, right? It so was, it was like different. we talked about the burgers being few. Like, really, there was like thirty people. There's yeah. not a lot of options, and you probably demonstrated. You know, you're spiritually interested. You're willing. Yeah. Okay, like this will be a good opportunity then, for Greg. Then also probably to work with you. Right. You this know big who face. Else? Worked with me on that. Wait, on what? With you guys. With- so Steve decided, hey, me as Evan's dad, I need to back away from this. Yeah. So it was me and Rich Hunter. It was Rich Hunter? Yeah. Doc! I totally forgot. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you're seven and Ryan asked you to disciple you, but you're not a believer at this point. So what's your, you just didn't have anything else going on? Well, I knew things that were expected that were good, right? And I did have an interest in learning uh, more about like yeah, who I my mean, creator is. I did believe in God. Yeah, I mean, you got this like you know? cool, you know. Yeah, he's, a, he's this college guy. He's wacky and wild. Except <laughs> I think I remember what you're looking at today. Except I think I remember uh, my understanding of Ryan was not like, okay, so when he he asked me it was like one of the most awkward stiff like sort of like hey would you be into this like sort of deliveries yeah, makes sense. because you were like a month in and like i was nine or eight or whatever you like, like you want to talk about god, talk about god? <laughs> which is hilarious well a hilarious memory like i i feel like what a random thing yes yeah, so that was when ryan enters the scene so you start working with evan that was a wednesday at a blue polo one that's for Logan Bayless. You said Ryan like oh. approach you in like this awkward way. 
I mean, everybody, you guys know me. I was going to say, how would I? My first interaction with Ryan, like, I came to my first CT, and then the Monday afterwards, he texts me, hey, this is Ryan. I don't know if you want to, like, get together, maybe, if you have any questions about God. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) So, dude, that's that sort of take, though, on, like, just shoot your shot. It's bold. Who cares? It's bold, man. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, You hate God forever? Oh, no. Like... Seems too uh, Life goes on, you know? Yes. Brian puts himself out there, and there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of good that's come from it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's Wayne right. Kinski, Michael Scott, that's Ryan That's right. <laughs> Ryan Leone. I mean, we need to get from you're like eight to then you make a decision I would, to. Unless Ryan has something first. to toss in here, I'd say there's a whole lot of nothing until like high school. Yeah, high no, school. No, I wouldn't say that. No, you were, I want to say for your age group, you were like the only bringer of people for that whole time. You maintained friendships with Nick Burke. Lots of guys. There was, there was a lot of guys, oh, actually, not thinking about it. Yeah. Lindsay, you're ruining everything. Hey, Lindsay. Friend of the show, Lindsay Beach. <laughs> Lindsay, mirror. It happens. Hey, give me a second. Mirror. Hey, I understand America. you're having a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. You taking those with you? These were supposed to be for both of us. Oh, you never Both of these. <laughs> so, for a lot of that time, it was you dealing with kind of an internal struggle of how much do I engage with my friends? And yeah, I was how scared. Much is, That's true. You know, my faith and stuff working out with these kids. You know what I mean? With, like, versus, with your friends. Versus you, like, telling him to invite your friends yeah, yeah, yeah. or him right, knowing right. that's what he's supposed to do. Right, yeah. I do feel like huh. there was an amount of time where it was just floating, going through the motions, which I've experienced that in my walk as well. You know, it became evident that from certain things that you had said and stuff that you didn't, I don't think you had like a full understanding of what the gospel meant for you, Mm -hmm. you know, personally, and like how much urgency there was there for your friends and and we went on the infamous drive. Oh, the one where you kidnapped me? So, talk about... And then about, moving on. Talk about this. For the listeners that don't... We obviously know about it, but for the listeners that don't know about the infamous ride. So, it's funny. You mentioned earlier, like, with your dad, like, yeah, we'd have, like, these drives, and we would just, like, talk, and, like, man, where was that at? I want to hear it from Evan. Yeah, let's... I actually You know probably the difference? My dad would do the talking. That's probably true, right? You, like, you were... You were a purpose. You were, like, Evan, say things, and I was, like... <laughs> he took you on a drive and then and then just it kept going <laughs> I was like I'll just wait until this ends and then I'll go home and then he just never took me home <laughs> so he just picked you up and drove yeah <laughs> it was on the way back from something it was like so the goal from your from... perspective is you want to actually have Evan say yeah, what he's were... thinking and feeling and right there was a, a very pointed question about one of his friends about why but it, it was it was something about like why why haven't you invited him or it was something like specific. brought up the gospel to him something, something like that yeah so I just asked a question and then I stayed quiet which you guys know it's like impossible for me so it was very hard <laughs> it was very easy for Evan because Evan he was like it's a 10 minute drive I just got 10 minutes but when we drove by his house little did he know I, I think I the other way ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like was pointing like ah. And you were like, nope. <laughs> like, you literally, I think all you said, you broke the silence and you said, 
nope. And then he just kept going. The question was why you hadn't brought up the gospel to one of your friends. I, something to that effect. And I'm assuming... Challenge, though. Reason or something like, like that. It's not the cool thing to do when you're like a 13 or so year old kid. Yeah, definitely not. That's the reason why. No, I had a deep-seated fear in not having the friendships continue. Like, the discomfort of like, of like jeopardizing the relationship over conflict was a big, like, no thanks for me. And it was really surrounding a lot of, like, comfort desires. Like, it's, le- it's less comfortable and it was, like, selfish as well in that way. It's like, it's less comfortable, so I don't want to do it. The path of least resistance is just not bring it up. Correct. I can just keep hanging out, having my friends, and... And you're also, at this point, still not saved, saved or no saved? Not saved. Right, so that, yeah, that was the beginning of realizing, okay, there might not be the spirit being able to guide right now. That makes you sense. Know, and that came out of a leader's meeting, I think, when we were all talking about it. I think it may have been you, where you were like, well, do you think he's saved? And I was like, oh my god, that seems like such an obvious question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, that was must been so difficult to so much time suss that out well the other thing was this is my first experience doing all this so part of it was like selfish like how am i gonna look i've been like discipling this, this kid for like four or five years he's not even saved and now we gotta go <laughs> discipling him for five years it was saved. four or five i don't know somewhere <laughs> okay i could do that i'm gonna level with you you need to get saved <laughs> Valentine's Day or something like that, like, Leon comes over, and he, like, has, like, these notes in this book, and he's like, alright, so, you're not saved. He, like, built it up like he's gonna ask me a question, and then just made a statement, where he was yeah, like, I was... don't think you're saved. Yeah, yeah. I you remember uh, saying that. It was not, like, an open-ended question, it was very direct. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I think I genuinely, from what I recall, I genuinely thought I was saved. I guess that's what I'm assuming, that, again, growing up in a Christian home, you think, okay, well, yeah. I know this, I don't... He not believe it right I, I believe it like it was absolutely like the Holy Spirit speaking with like through and within that where it was like Leon saying that made it immediately apparent to me like evident like no I am not saved absolutely not I am I'm not it was overwhelming because I still had all this knowledge about what the gospel is right and who he was but then suddenly it was like I'm not saved and I need that yeah, it was, like, just getting confronted on that. It was, like, super, like, emotional. I was, like, honest. Like, the walls came down, that kind of thing. I remember that. I was, like, in my pajamas. It was a fairly vulnerable moment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like how Leon does with his, uh, he shoots his shot, and he did it in that case, and then the Holy Spirit backed him up in it. And uh, I think that that really, that squared away from me. I immediately accepted Christ then and there. It so you guys like, prayed together to receive Christ? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, he, he was like, I don't think you're saved. Here's the reasoning. Here's what's going on. Here's all the evidence. And I was like, uh, I have nowhere to go with this. The Holy Spirit was convicting me in the moment. Ryan covered everything. Here's all the evidence, right? I have all this evidence for believing in God. Well, here's all the evidence that you don't actually have a relationship with God. Oh, I don't have anywhere to go with this. And he was kind of like speaking my language almost. And he's like, like, you need this personally. And I was like, I want that. Like right now, I want that. That's like, cool. I, I, I'm not saying that I want to. So up until that point, like, you had a position of, like, I have all this knowledge and I don't doubt it, so I'm saved. Kind of, yeah, sort of like the uh, misnomer many Americans have, like, yeah. I grew up in this thing, so I'm saved. I, but it's funny because I also knew that was dumb. I also knew that was, like, incorrect. But it was like all of this understanding was divorced from a personal need, like, understanding of need. Like, I knew I was sinful and needed to be saved, but I didn't know that I needed a relationship with God. 
Yeah, that takes like the, um, the personal the relationship out of it. Like, I need you. I can't do this without you. Correct. Like, yeah. Like, just I'm having the style to say, I don't doubt it. Like, that takes like your accountability out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think there's like a, a it's, it's it's easy for the more introverted uh, type, especially probably from a Christian upbringing, to like do like the deflection thing. And that's that's right? why I think like people who are like I was saying when I was four years old, don't just bank on that. Like, yeah. Say this prayer today, like. What's the worst that can happen? I was probably like what 13, 12, something like that. It was like it was like my end of freshman, beginning of sophomore year of high school, something like that. And just going back to, I think that one of the, the things that really clicked with you was a question about what is being saved. Like, what does that mean to you? There was responses in there that were very much like performance based, particularly to your parents. I do these things for my mom. I do these things for my dad. You know, that's that's what being saved is. So it was like somehow in there, there got this like works mentality, you know, from maybe going through the motions of all this stuff for so long and just being like, this is what I do. That's how you're saved is by doing those things. So I remember I had that in my little notes. So it was, it was on <laughs> Valentine's Day. <coughs> it was actually. That was kind of funny. So you said, God, I need you. I got nothing better to do on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Will, will you be my Valentine? Oh, you asked, my. oh my God, you asked Jesus That's to be so your Valentine. I kind of, wow. I kind of did. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of a wild thing. Do things change immediately? What yeah. happens? Take yeah, us through that. Some pretty immediate. So I kind of like, um, for a span of time, become very uh, suddenly extroverted in a lot of ways. Very outgoing. There was much more of a interest in actually like engaging on in discipleship, I remember. For a time, I remember we went to like Panera once, and we were like going through like the spiritual means of growth. I like successfully exactly repeated back everything you had just taught me, and like had something to say about some of them. And you were like, "Oh, this is different. You're not just like drooling, staring at me, like <laughs> waiting to rattle off like quasi correct yeah. answers." Yeah, I remember that. And we had a lot of restaurant based. Oh yeah, relating. We did the. Uh, we had to have the number one from everywhere. The number one from everywhere. Yeah, and then I was like, what's a Whopper? And you oh were like, God, you were blown right away by that. Yeah, I never had a Whopper. Are you kidding? You didn't I didn't know, know what a Whopper was. You didn't know what it was? No, I was like, what's a Whopper? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't ever got fast food growing up. It was like a... Jeez. We were frugal, man. We didn't have to eat. Yeah, I didn't know what a Whopper was. And then I embarrassed... I, I, I proved it because we sat down to eat them. And on the wrapper, it was like EST, the 1970 blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I was like... What's it estimating? Then it's estimated 19... Why don't they know when it was made? <laughs> I was like, I feel like they would know. And Ryan is just dying across the table from me. Mm, Whopper. I can't stop thinking about Whopper. I know. I've been thinking about Whoppers for a little bit, actually. <laughs> Why are people not thinking about Whoppers? Any true red-blooded Americans always thinking about Whopper. Yeah. A superior burger to the uh, Mick... What's it called? And Mick anything, The Mick really. Mac. The Mick... Quarter the pound of cheese is pretty good. It's just can't be touched. It's just so good. So it's kind of an obvious statement, but like Five Guys is like my my jam for the burger. Five Guys is good, but it's, it's also expensive. like eight it's like fifteen dollars for a burger. And it's also it doesn't have that flame broiled taste though. The Whopper tastes yeah. like it was on a fire grill, and I know that that's all just spray that they put. Yes, yeah, so like fire grill that's spray. Fine yeah, that's they fine use, by me. They use a real grill. Uh, I don't know. This episode brought to you by Burger King. Okay, so... So there's a media change in that way. I remember hanging out with Keith 
late one night with uh, somebody who was having a very hard time with like uh, trying to date some shit. In a normal scenario, I would have wallflowered it, just kind of like you know, just like sat there. But like as Keith is like trying, like very patiently to like talk this poor bro down, where he's like, "Listen, like she's not into you. Like you need to like like understand that and like stop." Okay, playing. don't we really answer this, but I want to say this. Who was it? I, I know, answer. I want that answer. Okay, move on. I just gotta get it out. So, yeah, so I'm hanging out with Keith with this guy. This You're is just happening. about to tell us the name of the guy that was the permanent. That's right. So, his name was Keith McCallum. He was talking to this guy. And normally, I would have just sat there and I was like, kind of thinking, like, I genuinely was like, this poor guy, like, isn't getting it. And so, I like oh, was started laughing that, like, really, like, agitated him in a way. And he was like, why are you laughing? And I was like, dude, like, she's too nice to shoot you down. You know, I, the fact that I was able, I was speaking up at all and all these sort of things, Keith was like, that's weird. <laughs> you said that? Yeah. Guy, like, ended up leaving. Keith afterwards was like, I think that's the second time I've ever heard you talk. Or something like that, you know. Like, and he's like, that was confrontational. Like, what the heck? I ended up going up at, like, CT or something like that after we got back from Florida. That was with you. You interviewed us on stage. Yeah, at CT. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Are you serious? This is yeah. wild. I remember that? We were interviewed by on Joe. On stage. I don't stage. remember that at all. I'm sorry, guys. For a while. So I guess this is our second podcast that's really <laughs> why don't i remember that i remember there being like some idea that i was going to have a show where i interviewed people and keith had this idea yeah so we one time filmed one at the student center at kent and it must have just been awful because i never saw the result of it and never, nothing ever came of it yeah but i do remember interviewing i don't remember that specific sorry wait I, was it joe Maybe it was somebody yeah, else. Was, was it Kyle? I remember Kyle did it for a while. I, was, I feel like it was Joe. I think it, it was might Joe. be deja vu. Guess what? <laughs> we're gonna say it's Joe. You? We just changed. We just changed history. But like that interview, I was just sort of describing how I like didn't have to put on this face anymore. I was like confident in who what my relationship with God was at that point. Like beforehand, I had this sort of academic understanding, but not like a relationship with it. And so I was like explaining through that in my very like you know sort of way I talked. Then I remember like this woman coming to know the Lord afterwards because she was like what that kid's describing. Like I want as well. So it was like this whole very sharp change. That was unfortunately very temporary because I sort of slipped back into my own uh, very quiet, very self-focused sort of way. Thanks for listening. This Joe Show is me, Joe, and I was joined on today's episode by Evan Beach, Brian Leone, and Kevin Baker. We recorded in January 2023 in a neutral colored house in Kent, Ohio. Our intro music is Folly View by Semaphore, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license.
closing song is The Keeper of Histories by Defy the Mall, used under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Both songs can be found at freemusicarchive.org.